0: Not the show today for anyone that might have an issue with heights. Josh Helmer, do you have any issue with heights? Like being in higher places? Not being high, Gunny style. Like being in elevated spaces?
1: Not really. I mean, so long as I'm not in a situation where I have to constantly look down. You know, like being on the 50th floor for me, I can walk around on the 50th floor, no big deal. You start taking me constantly to the windows, okay, that, that might that might shake me a little bit. Yeah, I am. Um,
0: Jackie Livingston is here, and we've got to do a little show coordination here, Josh Helmer, because uh, I am coming to you live from the 50th floor of the Devon Energy Tower. It's a vast or vast, I don't know. But it's, the, it, it's really fancy, man. This is so cool, what Devin has stepped up and done for Sooner Softball today. Um, and what, you know, it, it shows you what happens when you continue to grow as an iconic brand like Oklahoma Sooner Softball has, that events like this, like the OU Coaches Luncheon, which has been in, in the smallest of spaces to the largest of spaces, continues to grow, it, it's, it's really cool. But we're also 50 floors above the ground, Josh, and I'm surrounded in this beautiful, jaw-dropping, scenic, glass-encased area. And every so often I look down, I'm like, really high up here. This is a lot of space, a lot of space. It also got me thinking, I'm not here to try to judge, the other tower conversation is dumb and needs to stop. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. Are you a fan of the new tower conversations that are taking place in OKC?
1: I'm a fan of thinking about the conversations that are taking place with the other tower in OKC. The am uh, not. The actual how it would fit. Yeah, no, it doesn't it doesn't make a lot of sense. No, no, it's like, what are we doing here? But,
0: uh, but I will say, I, I guess I've never noticed. I've never been on this side. I came to an event here, a couple years ago for, the Sooner Radio Network, and I I guess I didn't really realize the, the 360 view, if you if you will, from some of these areas. It's just, it's really exciting what's going on in this region, in this city, in this area. It's really exciting from the vision of the new downtown basketball arena to the vision of just everything around you know what the Paycom Center is and and, and then eventually I I don't know if it'll still be the Paycom Center or whatever the new name will be. From, you know, my view right here, I I'm sitting here, Josh, and I can see the tree from the 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 Murrah Memorial. And it's just it's one of those moments where you're like, oh, my gosh, you forget about, you know, the history of the the, the tragedy that took place and how this um, not to like sit here and like wax nostalgically and give anyone an OKC history lesson that they don't need. But for me, something I don't do very often on this show, we don't <laughs> we don't take this show to the 50th floor of the Devon Energy Tower that often. It's kind of. It's kind of jaw dropping, man, a little awe inspiring right now, I'm uh. I'm filled with civic pride, Josh, while I keep waiting for the bottom to fall out and me to somehow get my latest dizzy spell from being up this high. (laughs) I'm not afraid of heights. Like I I have no fear of heights, but for some reason, there's just like flying, right? Everything goes through my mind whenever I fly. I, I imagine. I guess it's no longer Stone Phillips. It's Keith Morrison, right? I always imagine Keith Morrison walking, um, walking whatever runway I'm on. It was a flight that started like any other flight. Their trade tables were up, seat belts buckled, and the pilot said to prepare for takeoff. And then, disaster. Right? It's just for me, I've watched probably too many datelines, is what the issue is. But
1: good morning, man. How was your Tuesday night? It was a great Tuesday. Uh, good morning, my friend. How are you? How was yours? I'm glad I got the
0: crossover to kind of buffer between the show and traveling from Norman slash Goldsby to OKC. Um, but yeah, just bravo to those of you who have to do that every single day. I mean, that just sucks. I don't. I don't know how else to put it. But it's the worst. The uh, Josh, the absolute worst. I don't know. I don't know how you people do this without absolutely positively losing your mind. Have you driven from
1: Norman to OKC in morning traffic anytime recently? Not uh, anytime recently, but uh, obviously oh. I've done it before. And then oh. how about this? Probably you've got to come back from OKC to Norman later today. Well, here Now you don't, I'm saying, but if you if you're in that regular morning commute.
0: Right. I now i i have two responsibilities that i need to take care of because like i said i, I just i don't come down here very often <laughs> i'm a homebody so there are certain things it's like oh yeah a couple months ago i was supposed to pick that up i guess i better go do it now and i um i was gonna go check out what was it um there's a new restaurant that i just i always do this where i'm like oh i'm gonna go eat lunch there and i walk in i look around I'm like ah, I think i'll just go home So there's a couple of new places downtown I've been told I need to check out. But most importantly, enough about me, Josh, and enough about your terrible commute that most of you have to take, which is magnified because they decide to take the the busiest busiest area and just tear it all to hell. I mean, pardon my language, but that's exactly what they did. It's like, let's see, we got this airport here, right? A lot of traffic here. Guys, tear the whole thing up. Just tear it up. I don't care. Just just tear it up. No, no, it, it'll get fixed at some point. Let's uh, kind of get it down to one lane, but not really. And let's kind of make it hard to exit, but not really, right? I mean, huh. all right, we're here for softball, Josh. We're here for uh, OU's kind of season launch, if you will. And here's where we need to have a show conversation. We have many guests that are going to be joining us throughout the program today. I am on the 50th floor. I left my other headset in my car, which, again, spoiler alert, is not on the 50th floor. So I think I think in our next segment, if you wouldn't mind doing a little heavy lifting, I'm going to send you Porter's post game from last night and we'll air that and then I should be back in time to start our cavalcade of guests but e1 to start the program on me so i apologize if we if we get a little short down a distance here for my next for the next segment are you okay with letting me sprint like a moron down to the bottom floor to try to find the headset in my car
1: yes yeah we can we can get that accomplished
0: okay thank you
1: what you think last night how about that that well, was a big time win uh, obviously uh what we said was they needed to find a way to stem this tide right now and flip this you know season around, uh, and they did it, right? The uh, Kansas State team that was supposedly equally desperate, certainly Oklahoma didn't make them look that way. No. Um,
0: can, can we carry over the question I asked Toby? Because I, I don't want to take away anything from what Oklahoma did last night. Not, not a thing. And that's not the goal of any of this. Javion McCollum was really good. Uh, the free throw shooting was really bad. But in the end, the the defense overcame. And even on a Uzan not having his best night, McCollum being that guy. In, um, oh, why am I blanking on the other transfer? Well, this is killing me right now. Um, it, it, anyway, they were, they were big when they needed to be. They were big in those moments when they needed to be for Oklahoma. So I'm not – trying to take anything away from Oklahoma when I ask this, Josh. What's going on in Manhattan? What's going on in Manhattan? That team got punched in the face last night and didn't respond. And when they did respond, what, what did we talk about yesterday on the show? Doing the little things, right? The little things that make all the difference in the world. That, 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 didn't even come close to happening for Kansas State last night. So, in fact, I mean, I don't know about you. I, I felt like it's a team that almost almost looked like Oklahoma sucked their will. And I would never want to say this, but it it, it kind of looked like a team that quit
1: last night. What in the world is going on there? Especially, uh, you tighten things up, get it back to within seven and then, you know, can't do anything the rest of the way. If you're Kansas state, which was the impressive part last night for OU, right? Because Jalen Moore,
0: sorry. Thank you. Jalen Moore was a name I couldn't come up with. Go ahead, Josh. I apologize.
1: <laughs> impressive that uh, Oklahoma was able to finish last night the way they did because, uh, that that's been one of the bugaboos lately, right? Had a chance to do that, uh, Versus Texas couldn't do it, had a chance to do that versus Texas Tech. Uh, much more pronounced, right? Versus Texas, but couldn't get it done versus Texas Tech in that way. And oh, uh, you did it. So, Kansas State, man, I, I kind of think maybe it was just the product of the schedule has stiffened up. Uh, you know, tough loss, close loss at Texas Tech, beat Baylor. Maybe they shouldn't have gotten that win, but they did. And now they've run into road trips at Iowa State, at Houston. And uh, and the wheels fell off late last night versus OU. Dude, Oklahoma won by 20. I want you guys just for a
0: moment to fully understand just how much potential there is in this team. And then maybe in that, Josh, how much concern there might be right now and what's going on in Manhattan. Oklahoma won by 20. They won 73 to 53 last night. They shot 61% from the free throw line. And that's me being kind. It's technically uh, 61.5%. They were three of 14 from beyond the three-point line. Three of 14 from beyond the three-point line. They, uh, they, they, I mean, overall, they shot 42%, so they were better in driving and attacking and things of that nature. But they missed 15 free throws and only made three three three-pointers and still won by 20. That's – I don't – where's the nerds? Where's the number nerds at, Josh? I want to go out on a limb and say that has never happened in the history of ever. Ever. How do you win when you make those kinds of
1: mistakes? That's uh, pretty wild. You know, one area they were good is – They only turned it over nine times, right? Nine times. K-State did 14. So they won that part of uh, the equation. And meanwhile, it's not like, look, K-State was 17 of 25 from the foul line, which isn't missing 15. I got it. But that's still 68% for them. And and Kansas State couldn't shoot a lick. Really, period. But uh, from the outside, they were 14%. They were 4 of 28. Dude, I want to tell you
0: again. I understand you I, I get your numbers, Josh, and where you're coming from. I don't that turnover margin is only four. Thirteen to nine. That's it. They missed that many free throws and shot that poorly from three and still won by twenty. Oh, did I'm
1: yelling here. People are already. Yeah, to win up. to win by twenty <laughs> is pretty amazing.
0: And and it was on the road. In a place that people historically don't go and win. I mean, not like that. They they don't win, period, and they definitely don't win like that. I mean, wow. There was a few moments now I was uh I was very tuned into this game. Right? I was very tuned into this game last night. The uh the plans had been laid. Um I I had the uh I couldn't sync up. I struggled syncing up. I think it's hard to sync up whenever you have the uh internet, you gotta watch it on your laptop or your phone and then trying to sync up the radio. Hard, 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 Josh. So I I chose to listen a lot to Toby and Kevin early on and then was able to watch a majority of the second half. There's there's parts of me that I, I saw Vinnie Paul's first text in, said a win's a win. And and, and that's 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 how I felt, but you want a game in Manhattan where the opposing team—I—I—I—I i, 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 I do know—I I just I'm at a loss for words. I thought about it all night long. It just looked like Kansas State had no desire to be playing basketball. And at points, you're wondering like, is Oklahoma going to be able to take advantage of this? Is some Kansas State run coming to where OU is going to pay for these these missed threes or these missed free throws? And It never materialized because Kansas State was equally as awful from the free throw line. And even the officials who were horrible last night, horrible. I mean, I don't know if their parents were watching and they were trying to be on TV as much as they can, but they were horrible last night. Even the officials couldn't get Kansas State back in the game last night, Josh. And did they try? Oh, my goodness. So, reaction throughout the day. Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line 405-651-3439, 405-651-3439. That's the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. You can hit us up on the Riverwind Casino jackpot line, 405-329-9000, or you can use Twitter. I mean, am
1: I off base here? Am I a crazy person? No, I think that makes sense what you're saying. If you just live in the the box score, you say, well, wait a second. How could they possibly have won this game by 20? <laughs> right. But, you know, the, again, the, the one end of the equation is look how lousy it was for K-State, which is a credit to OU.
0: Yeah, I, I see you guys on Twitter. I, I, I see you guys on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet tax line. It's almost like we all feel the same way but in that same vein i don't want to take anything away from what oklahoma did to put kansas state in that position where they just they absolutely tapped out i mean <laughs> the 918 that set basketball pack 30 years well I'm, i don't know if i'd quite go that far <laughs> but when the game's ugly you got to find a way to win it and i And in the end, two teams went into that game desperately needing a win. And Oklahoma came away with the win. You know, I try not to get too caught up in comparative scorings or anything of that nature, right, or comparing this game to another game. But there isn't even a moment like the Oklahoma-Texas game. Look back at the OU-Texas game, if I can allow you that pain for just a moment. Where was that game with 12 minutes left, Josh, Oklahoma and Texas? Not at all. I was tied. There isn't even really that moment where you look back at last night and in the second, at least for me, where I thought, uh, "Well, here uh, you expected it, right?" It's like here comes a run at some point, right? And it just never materialized.
1: I was starting to get a little nervous when it was fifty-one forty-four. Okay, well, that's, but it's still seven-point lead, right? It is, but you know, it's it's one more stop and a three-point bucket away from okay. Now we got a game again. But did it happen? No, no, it it, it did. right to Oklahoma's credit. They they responded right back, and well, they crushed them the rest of the way. I'm not trying to be like literal Chris
0: or anything, but I mean, you it got to seven in Manhattan. Seven is as close as Kansas State got down the stretch. That's it's wild. Oklahoma so desperately in need of a dub, so desperately in need of win. Kansas State, dude. Jerome Tang, whom I think we all like and and we dig, he has. It's been a bad week for him putting his foot in his mouth, right? And you would think this team would respond.
1: Then went the other way. Is Kansas State just not that good? I think that's a possibility here. You know, let's see what happens next. They got to go to Gallagher-Iba and win. I mean, that that's a a must-win for them. And then they welcome in KU and then they go to BYU. So it's Kind of unrelenting here, right? Then TCU, mm. Texas, BYU. So that Oklahoma State game is the layup game out of the next six or seven. Right. Absolutely. Okay. Can you check and make sure that
0: you got the Porter Moser post-game interview while I try to get to uh, ground the, the bottom floor here and, and figure out why this dummy left his um, – Extra set of, of, of mics and headphones down in the car. We're golden. Nah, let's get a break. Um, how much out of breath do you think I'm going to be by the time I get back? There is an elevator, but I do have to run to, like, the other side of the tower to get there.
1: Do you think you can make this whole excursion in, like, ten minutes? Ooh. That's a pretty good challenge. Let's see. Well, <laughs> I just don't feel like you need to. I It's, no, it's no, no. okay. Ch- challenge accepted. Challenge accepted. Okay. Then The other question would be, can you make this excursion in 10 minutes without, again, sprinting? No, I don't. Yes. So yes. then take it easy. It's going to be all right. Yes.
0: But I want to beat your 10 minutes. So let's see how it goes. You're going to hear Porter Moser's postgame next as we are live at the OU Coaches Luncheon from high atop the Devon Tower. Good text already. Good text already at 405-651-3439. How do we kind of compartmentalize what we just witnessed last night? And then in that going forward, today is a big day. Today is a massive day. OU women's basketball home against Kansas State. Kansas State comes in without Aokalee, but what do we know? Kansas State played pretty well without Aokalee an entire season last year. And even though Oklahoma beat them both times without Aokalee, it's still a team – that has played a lot of minutes without her. They need you there. We need you there. OU Kansas State. We'll talk about that coming up in about 20 minutes from now, right here on the Home of Sooner Fans.
1: Our number one, it's the Plank Show. We are back. Presented by Van Hoos Fence. That is vhfence.com. Get your fencing needs taken care of by the Premier Fence Company in Oklahoma. They offer fencing installation and fencing repairs customer satisfaction. Well, That's their top priority. Call VH Fence for a free estimate today, 405-735-1167. Obviously, a big win last night for the Sooners. The uh, text line already, feeling great about it. The uh, final in Manhattan, which has been, over the years, uh, an unkind place, a house of horrors to Oklahoma. It wasn't last night, though. The Sooners went in, they kicked the feet up, and uh, got comfy, 7353 was the final uh, a bunch of folks chiming in on that on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line 405-651-3439 Wade and OKC at one point the Kansas State coach had a smirk on his face like what are you gonna do with this dumpster fire let's just get it over with uh, I love the win but both teams were terrible I mean was OKC terrible it was an ugly game but uh Hey, OU on the road? I don't know that it needs to be pretty. And uh, they found a way to go get it done. Uh, softball Steve, Kansas State didn't have their groove at home. Maybe they're not the same team this year. Not as proficient for sure. But well, they're definitely not as good as last year. I mean, there's there's no getting around that. It'd be interesting for them if Naquan Tomlin was still uh, in the picture. But, look, uh, he's not. And so they've had to adjust. And now that they've hit the meat and potatoes, I think, of the Big 12 schedule, we're – starting to see a little bit clearer picture of maybe who K-State is. They couldn't get it done in Hilton, got smacked by Houston, and obviously Oklahoma handled them last night. So the uh, importance of the next one at Oklahoma State really ramps up for K-State. But for OU, uh, put an into the two-game losing streak, and now make this a good week. You should go beat UCF. You're better than UCF. Go get that win uh, on the road. Plank teased it. What about uh, Porter Moser afterwards? What did he have to say about what was an important win for his Sooners? Coach,
2: congratulations. What a performance tonight. No, I'm, I was really with the guys, you know, just how they bounced back. I mean, it was, you know, we've talked. I've done, like, ten interviews since the Texas Tech game and just and how the guys were. And I did, my message was, like, these guys are so crushed, but they're, like – we were so close, and we just know what we did wrong. And we had some uh, – the, the way they guys prepared for this game and the way we defended. Yeah. I mean, it was it was a clinic defensively, the way those guys our, our guys communicated on the floor. And we got to build it. We just said in the locker room, why would we do it any other way? Yeah. Um, we were so locked in opposed to some of the things in the second half against Texas Tech. And that was, that was elite defense. Um, we took care of the ball when we only had nine turnovers. Um, their crowd was elite trying to get it back. And every time our guys answered. In, on, in this environment, and uh, really, really, truly, a, a great—it's the best I've seen. Javion and Los together lead. So, they so—they both were so loud. They both were so leading. And uh, I mean, Los's defense—I mean, it was just tremendous and then Javin at the end just hard to catch him uh you know he's uh, at the end when they're trying you to teach him those one-handed scooping layups like that when they Is go in I did yep when I went in I did how about Jalen Moore tonight 23 points nine rebounds I mean when, just the way he started us got got us in, in in the game and his energy level and um you know it was funny because we we said to him I think you, one of us told me like that he had only had one rebound last game and I think uh, he's like, he took it to heart. We asked him how many rebounds he was getting, he goes, 20. And I go, all right, seriously, he goes, all right, 10. And uh, and what I, what I loved, he just had a, a just, just together, just a complete uh, toughness to us defensively in this environment. You know, you won by 20. You didn't shoot the ball great, <laughs> no, and you were terrible we're at saying. the free throw. I know. Trust me, trust me. I know. I mean, we we're, we're, we're <laughs> there's no like, question. They there, had like five points in the first t- ten minutes, and I'm like, I feel like we should be up twenty, yeah. and we weren't because our free throws. And I don't want to make a big deal out of this. We shot a bunch. We came here last night and shot it, and uh, sometimes it gets mental. But we we got to bounce back because you can't win close games without it. We just saw that last game. I would imagine uh, you know the locker room was was happy, but you got you got to you know, careen this forward now. You got another road game coming up on Saturday, so how do you keep them from you know getting complacent after tonight? Just explaining the why. I mean, yeah. we, we we showed why we we lost those games last last uh, you know this week in the second half, and I thought our, our I thought. Um, the way we uh, stayed together defensively and communicated, and like that, I think they saw it. They were excited. Like Los right away goes, "Now that was fun playing defense like that." Like they <laughs> they saw how elite their defense was tonight, and uh, and it was it was great to see. And I thought Sam Sam had a great night again. It's great to see him, you know, have eleven and seven uh, jump back in there. And here is the other thing about Sam: he drew eight fouls. Yeah. He drew eight fouls. That's like a huge stat um, that, that happens, that he just gets you in bonus. I mean, he had one, like, just going to the glass, and he's relentless. And, uh, you know, we were three for, four, three for 14 from three and 24 for 39, missed 15 free throws. If you would have told me we went over my 20 in this environment, I would have said, no way. But it just shows you how good our defense is, and I thought we played really smart. One last thing. You've not been happy the last couple of games by how many three-pointers you gave up to yeah, Texas yeah, yeah. and Texas exactly. Tech. Exactly, we talked about that. Tonight, they go four of 28. You're one of the best three-point defensive teams in the country. That's now 42 consecutive games, and an opponent hasn't hit double-digit threes on you. but Four of 28 from three. That's, you got to be thrilled. No, we talked about it. I mean, we really, you know, Texas Tech got loose for a bunch in the second half. So did Texas. And we just, it just, uh, it hasn't, it isn't characteristic of us. So we righted the ship, and I thought we guarded the three-point line um, very, very well tonight. And uh, it started with, I just thought we we were super active. We got 20 deflections. We counted deflections. We had 20 deflections. We got seven gaps where it's, a gap is three stops in a row. We got seven of those where we got, in different parts of the game, three different stops in a row. Usually when we get seven gaps in a game, that's our, that's our watershed moment right there. We win like 90% of the time. And uh, so, just a really good win for our guys today. Don't get mad at me about the flagrant until you see the replay. I thought it should have been a flagrant. I saw your guys tell you they thought it was going to be a flagrant. You can't say anything about it. I'm just saying, wait till you see the replay. Okay. Before you get mad at me, because I know you want to be mad at I me. I know. I looked at you. That. You're a court side. I know. I, know you I go, Toby. Be mad what's the deal? I know you want to be mad, go, mad at me. I go, Toby. What's the deal? If you look at the replay and you don't think it was, then you can be mad okay. at me. Okay. All right. That. Deal. Way to go, Coach. All right, Great thank job. You, Toby. Porter Moser post game interview brought to you by OU Health.
1: There you go, Porter Moser after a big time road dub in Manhattan. Uh, Plank, by the way, he's back. The uh, the three-point S- defense, it, it was clutch for OU last night. 17, uh, seven minutes and 23 seconds. See, I either. thought you could get back
0: pretty quickly. Those uh, those elevators move. Well, I got lucky, too, because they're locked. I, I don't know if they don't automatically unlock them until like 10 a.m. or something, but I happen to walk in right at the same time as somebody that works here. Was walking it.
1: So you we could have been. You had go down 50 flights of stairs?
0: No, 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 no. no hold, hold on, hold on. The, the, the door was locked to get to the elevator. So it would just be a matter of, of me calling someone like, hey, can you unlock this or go to security? So we, we we were able to slide in here thanks to the good good timing award, I guess, if you will. Um, yes, Josh Helmer. back to sports, which is what this show is all about. Um, they did a great job. They did a great job in defending the three-point line. Now, uh, I, I guess it does help. At you know, one point, you kind of realize this just isn't going to be Kansas State's day. But I don't care. They took 28, 28 threes last night, and they held them to four. Four of 28. By the way, did, I thought that was a flagrant two, didn't you? I mean, not a flagrant two, you know, but I thought it was a flagrant as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no no doubt. That's uh okay. that's a wild streak on the three-point line too that 40 some odd games they haven't allowed somebody to have double-figure threes. I mean, that's tough to do, right? To hit 10 or right. more threes, but that's still pretty uh still pretty doggone impressive. Incredible, man. Incredible. All right, uh, let's get a break. So, Jackie
0: Livingston is slated to join us. Jackie is the Director of Operations and so much more for sooner softball. Uh she can for the true diehards, you'll get an idea of kind of some of the behind-the-scenes stuff, things that are coming up. Uh, if you're headed out here today, you'll get an idea of what you're going to learn and what you're going to see. But more than anything, you um, you get a chance to talk some softball when we come back. So please, please keep the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet texts coming at 405-651-3439. They have been absolutely fantastic. And uh, we'll talk softball next right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. Are you um? Are you representing the show tonight, Josh, at the bowling event? I'll be in attendance if that's okay. what you're asking. I, I am not getting to go. Whoa! You don't get to go. I do not get to go, and I put that very. Some of you people run your households. I don't run my household, Josh. I I am told what to do and where to go. Okay, that that's what happens here. And I made it clear that, hey, we got an event Wednesday night. That would be awesome. It's the bowling event. You love it. She's like, you ain't going.
1: So it's kind of. You're not. Uh, have you met my fiance?
0: I have not even met your fiance. I think part of it is. <laughs> you're going I'm, I'm to meet her when we're married. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Joining us right now on the program is, uh, I, I think she can take this title. One of my favorite people on the planet. Jackie Livingston, good in your headset? Everything good? Yeah, yeah good?
3: all good. Thanks for having me, playing.
0: We are very high up. We are. Devon Energy Tower. Uh, this is kind of cool how this came about. I'd love for you to share the story because this continues to grow so big that a lot of people want to be a part of it, don't they?
3: Yeah, we started um, – we've always had a uh, kind of an annual meet-the-team dinner. And when I became the director of operations – Um, 2016. 2016. We started together. Um, Whenever I started with OU softball and we continued the tradition of the dinner for a little while and then um, I think we started in maybe 2019 with our first coaches luncheon. So I liked the idea of a short luncheon but the opportunity to meet our coaches right before the season started and really get the excitement and kick off the new season. So I think we've done this for four or five years now, mm-hmm. and it's a great opportunity for all of our supporters to just come together before the season starts and really just gather and pump learn. up each other and, yeah, learn. learn about the new season. You learn
0: about the team. You, you see some faces that are back. Like, Falea V is back. She is now the one, two, three, four, third, assistant, fourth assi- third assistant coach, right, that's right. allowed this year. Right. So, Falle is back. Um, G. Juarez is back this year with the team, helping them out, and then – have you ever – so uh, remind me, the 16, you jumped on board as a director of ops. Right. Prior to that at Oklahoma, you'd worked in facilities. Um, but
3: before that, 14 was when you were with OU Softball last? or um, third, Well, no, 2010. Okay, 10. When, so I was a student equipment manager from 2007 to 2010, and then I was a graduate assistant at the Lloyd Noble right after I was done. And then one day um, my good friend – Greg Tipton came up to me and said, uh, we're going to hire you full-time in event management. And I was young and I was excited and I've loved my journey at OU. It's been <laughs> so much fun and what an incredible opportunity and just got to meet so many cool people like, like you.
0: Oh, stop. And But well, p- part of the reason I bring it up is because you've been a part of some softball teams of the past and COVID has a part in this, but I don't know if I've ever been a part of any team in any sport that has 10 core players. Well, with with the three transfer, like seven core players that are returning and 10 total seniors. This is unbelievable.
3: Yeah. A lot of experience on the field and
0: understanding off the field stuff too, Mm -hmm. right? That helps you some, I'm sure.
3: Yes, for sure. Um, Great group of leaders that we have and um, really talented athletes, but better people and I'm excited to see what they do after they graduate as well. Just it's always fun as the director of ops to kind of see where their career path leads them and what they do after.
0: Can you can you let everyone cuz I've talked to you about this in the past. Uh, directors of operations are such an underappreciated role that coaches appreciate and I think staff appreciate. Fans have no clue how much goes into it, but for you and for Gainsey and for, you know, Woody and his staff over at football. I mean, everything that goes into it because you're in charge as soon as the game's, well, while the game's going on, they got snacks afterwards, the meal, the travel. I mean, everything that goes into it, can you even begin to kind of describe just how all-encompassing it is?
3: You do have your hands in a little bit of everything. Um deal a lot with internal relations. So connecting all the different departments together. Um, Our athletics department does a really good job of um, coordinating everybody together. Mm -hmm. So there's so many moving pieces to just one team's um, operations when it comes to the like grand scope of the athletics department. So um, I do a lot with the internal relations, but also deal a lot with external relations, made some really great connections. outside of the athletics department and i do a lot with our supporters and um, just try to be kind of a customer service um, face for the program and obviously travel and all the logistics that go into that and meals so
0: i want to make sure that you know I am not cramming here at the last minute, okay? My speech is ready to go. I just saw a couple of notes that I wanted to add. I saw. It, it, I trust you. Okay, okay, very good. I, I wanted you. to make sure. All right, so um, let, let's talk about a couple of things. I hear a lot. What, what what can we do as fans? You know, how can we help? How can we get involved? I know that, you know, the Crimson and Cream Collective, Crimson, cr- Co. where you can find them, and you can go on there, and they're matching up to, I think it's like $250,000 to help on the NIL side of things. In softball, we've seen fans start grassroots. I mean, they started the $8 uh, match thing. What have you seen and what can fans do to help on that front right now to continue to see this thing grow? Uh,
3: To take us to the next level, to be elite and really take us into the SEC, we need the supporters that understand the holistic investment of OU softball. So NIL is such a big part of our – landscape of college athletics right now so yes the chase for eight um all of that is going to crimson and cream and um you know just just supporting in all the different areas so nil um our trophy club our booster club um, Which which you guys have rebuilt we did yeah and that's what this luncheon here today all of the proceeds go to benefit our booster club and um, seeing great success with that. We have a lot of exclusive events that are coming up for trophy club members this spring, Um, a meet and greet with the team, pregame tailgate, things like that. So um, there's some benefits there. And then just the overall investment in the program. We're still um, raising funds for the stadium project, finishing that out. So um, really just that holistic investment in the program is what we're needing to take us into the sec
0: that does it blow your mind sometimes because I, I talk about this with gambling whenever i first started in radio if you ever talked about gambling the boss would be knocking on your door it's like stop it now it's everywhere paying seeing college athletes get paid it's kind of wild to where it was like this will never happen it's not going to happen and now Jackie, it's an integral part for consistent success mm-hmm. across all sports isn't it it's it wild
3: is. it is and um we've embraced it coach has really embraced nil she talks about the um Why would we not allow our student athletes to make money off their name, image, and likeness when they could walk away with a down payment on their house when they graduate or start a business or something like that? It just, um, you know, there's some different mindsets to NIL, but if you look at it in that sense, we're really trying to help um, our girls that come in turn into women, and not only will they turn into good women of character, but potentially good business women and good financial um, like have financial security. So that's that's another aspect and mindset of NIL that people sometimes forget.
0: You hit on something that I don't think can be talked about enough, because in in my bubble, like in our – I think Josh, you would agree, sometimes in the text line, I think people see it, these kinds of investments in kids, young adults of this age. It's like they're just going to waste it on cars. They're going to blow it on bling people still say that? Did I just <laughs> sound much? really yeah, old? Maybe. Uh, but you talk, It can be, I wish I would have had a down payment on a house, right? right? I, I wish that I could have had, you know, the ability to pay off a loan here or maybe even pay off my parents' house or whatever it might be. These are uh, – if you look at it as, hey, you're creating something that a lot of student athletes – listen, there's professional softball, But there's not to the level to where they're getting paid like football players do or basketball players, do. So whenever you're investing in NIL, you're giving that kind of nest egg to help beyond softball, too, for what they've given to the university. That's a great way to put it. I've never thought of it that way.
3: Yeah, and um, our athletics department, Joe Castiglione, our athletics director, has done a great job um, with the help of Toby Baldwin. Um, who oversees name, image, and likeness for our athletics department, they've done a great job to provide educational resources to our student athletes. Mm-hmm. So they're being taught about how to do taxes, how to manage your money, how to budget, and all of those things um, go into their future. And it's really just helping them become better people and – I wish someone would have taught me how to do my taxes and budget when I was their age. But, Preach. Yeah. Preach.
0: All right. Uh, thanks, Jackie. I appreciate yeah. you. You're the best. Yeah, thank you. Love you, you to death. Have fun today. I know you're working hard. Yeah, thank That's you. That's Jackie Livingston. We got a break. It's the Plank Show on the road of the OU Lunch Luncheon right here on The Ref. Sorry, I'm just having a moment here, Josh. I was going back over a couple of stats to make sure I had them right for today. Uh, Oklahoma last year stole 53 bases and allowed just nine Nine. Oklahoma hit a hundred and – no, that's not right. That's not right. Yeah. Oklahoma last year had 116 doubles. Their opponents had 23. They had a hundred – wait, hold on. Where's my home run tally here? Yeah, 116 doubles, 117 home runs. They had more home runs than doubles. D- what? <laughs> Five hundred and one hits, a team batting average of three sixty six. Just bro. silly
1: numbers. Silly,
0: silly, I say. Silly. I'm so excited for this team. I'm so excited for its uh, for its future. I'm so excited for its now. You know, and that's interesting. I loved how Jackie put that. Man, thanks to Jackie Livingston for swinging by. I do think there's a large faction of you that. Maybe are burned by the nil because you think of Spencer Rattler's, you know, diamond encrusted rattlesnake. But for a lot of people, it's their chance to really make about as much money as the lever making the sport. Unreal. Okay, uh, quick break. We got a little football news to get to. We'll dive into it next.